and I told you last week that we spend way too much time on the shout and the dance and the glory of this season, and we ignore the other side of the story. In this second week, beginning at verse 1 from the King James translation of Jesus' gospel as recorded by the physician known by the name of Luke. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which you call Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Verse 5, he went there to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, who being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. Verse 7, and she brought forth her firstborn son. I need my Catholic brothers to read that one very, very closely. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him, picture this, in a manger. Why? Because there was no room for them in the inn. Look at somebody close to you and say, no room for Jesus. No room for Jesus. Lord, we thank you for another opportunity to hear a word from you. Open closed minds and deaf ears, soften hardened hearts. Help us to be receptive of whatever it is you shall do in this moment. Thank you, Lord, for choosing me to bring forth this word, and I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable, if not in their sight, in your sight. Because, Lord, it is you who are my strength. And it's you who are my redeemer. Bread of heaven, fall now like rain from the clouds and feed us until we are full and able to consume no more. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. No room for Jesus. I've learned in these few years that sometimes I can block my own blessings. I block my own blessings by getting in my own way. I block my own blessings by committing to things that are not conducive to godly living. 
I block my own blessings because I fail to realize that everything I have comes from God and I have nothing on my own. Indeed, I block my own blessings because I fail to make room for the things that will bring blessings to me. The truth is this, even in this Christian walk, many have failed to actually follow Jesus. Following Jesus means that I have made him my leader. David put it this way in the 23rd Psalm that the Lord is my shepherd. By this acknowledgement, not only does David declare that the Lord is his shepherd, but that he himself is a sheep. Let me say that one more time. See, David wasn't just saying that the Lord is my shepherd. But the other side of that declaration means that if the Lord is my shepherd, that makes me his sheep. This is a declaration that the Lord is his leader and where he leads, David was going to follow. This is a declaration that I have been given, that I have given permission. Watch this. I have given permission. Let me say that again. I have given permission to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To be the head of my life, which means that my life is no longer my own. Uh-oh. 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 Hold on. What you saying here, Gresham? Thank you for asking. I have not just said Jesus come in, but I have literally said to Jesus, I give you permission to rule over my life. And in order for you to effectively and efficiently do that, you must give up your life and turn it over to the one who you said is your shepherd. But one of the biggest issues that Christians face is, watch this, giving their lives away. Y'all have sang the song, I give myself away, and many of you lied and sang it. See, we like to sing songs that sound good to us, that make us feel good. Even songs that can lift up praise and worship in the room. We, we tend to have emotional responses to these things. But on the other side of what I'm saying when I read scripture and what I'm saying when I sing songs is the reality of whether or not I'm going to live the life that I'm talking, singing, preaching about. One of our biggest issues is giving our lives away. Why? Because we want to be our own boss. We want to make our own decisions. In fact, we have a tendency to think that we are smarter or wiser than we really are. I had something to say, but I'm going to leave you all alone this morning. Praise God. We have a certain arrogance to us. Because we have survived so many setbacks. And this survival often causes us to forget that the reason that we are conquerors and the Bible says that we are more than conquerors is through Christ Jesus. In essence, we have often failed to make room for Jesus. Now, luckily for us, Jesus is not easily offended. 
And that's how you can tell some of us ain't like him. Because we so easily offended. Ah, trying to help somebody this morning. Jesus is used to rejection. Jesus is used to doing things for others that would never do the same thing for him. Jesus is used to being used. <laughs> Even, watch this, by those that claim him to be their savior. Jesus is used to giving his life for them that wouldn't even give him a moment of their time. We have blocked our own blessings in the process, but there's great news right here that even when we don't make room for him, Jesus will still show up in our lives. Today we find in our text the rejection of Jesus because of his parents. Let's look at it. And it came to pass in those days that Caesar, called Augustus, sent out a decree that all the world should be taxed. Now, when we, when we let me, let's have a Bible study for a second. What he meant by this was not the entire uh, population of the earth, but the Roman Empire at this time covered a vast majority of land. This Roman Empire under Caesar Augustus had switched over from being a republic led by a senate and led by the people to now being led by an emperor. And through the years, Rome would just, would just go out like some other people that we know and just destroy and conquer and fight and tear down and destroy, and then have the audacity to turn around and talk about how poor they are, how bad a shape they in. I, okay, leave that alone. Okay, thank you. I will. Uh, 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 this decree went out that the entire Roman Empire should be taxed. Now, part of this meant there was a census going on. Now, the taxation was a result of the census. Everybody had to be counted. And what this was doing was this was a way, watch this, for the emperor to keep tabs on how much money he was able to bring in. Can I talk to a church this morning? Some of y'all, I ain't talking to y'all. Let me just make that clear. This ain't for y'all. This is for somebody listening on Facebook. A whole lot of issues with our churches is we only want to keep up with membership so we can find out where the money is. I'm looking this way because I feel like if I look that way, somebody might get offended. Because if I, can, if, I can, if I can find the people, then I can find the money. And if I can't find the money, then all of a sudden, you're no longer in good standing. Y'all know how we do in church. And y'all know I like to be real, so praise the Lord. I, I, let, let me and let, let me let me help the people that don't know nothing about me. What I, my my official title is pastor, but there's an apostolic anointing on my life that means that sometimes I gotta go kill a demon, and the only way to kill a demon is to call the demon by his name and make him come stand before me. Not that it's got anything to do with me, but I know whose authority I walk in. 
And where God has sent me, he has sent me not just to tear down some things, but in order for us to effectively build up, sometimes you got to get down to the foundation because the building's a little shaky. And every once in a while, if you get to a thing in time, you can restore it. But sometimes you need to knock down what's there so that you can rebuild better. But one thing I want to do is I want to remind you is just sometimes we just got to get back to the, the foundation, the foundation, the foundation. Y'all walk with me for a few more minutes. So the census went out so that they could keep up with the people. And that was uh, the, the point of this was so that um, Augustus could collect his taxes and, and, and live the life that he wanted to live off the backs of the people. And part of this ritual, this yearly ritual, uh, was that you had to go back to the hometown of your family. So we get to verse four and Joseph leaves where he is currently living, Galilee, in the city you called Nazareth. And he went unto uh, the kingdom of Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem, all right, because he is a descendant of David. Now, when we get here, we look at verse 5, he went to be taxed, and he didn't go alone. He went with Mary, his espoused wife, who at the time was pregnant. Can I tell you all about this journey, because I'm getting, we're, we're, we're dealing with the the other side of the story. We love the fact that Jesus was born. We love the fact that he's the gift of the world. We love the fact that Jesus is the reason for the season. I don't know why we only use that around this time of the year. That's another thing that frustrates me about church people. And only church people would get offended by that. Because you, you know I, I like to point out the differences between church people and kingdom people. The kingdom people understand what I'm saying. But church people will be offended. So if you find yourself offended, pray about it and ask the Lord to bring you over to the kingdom. It's, it's, it's real nice over here. It's real nice over here. Praise the Lord. So, 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 so when we look at this, we, we like the churchiness of this story, but we forget that there's so much ugliness surrounding the birth of our Savior. Last week, we dealt with the psychological issues that Mary had to be going through of understanding that she was about to give birth to the Savior of the world. We, we, we dealt last week with the fact that she had so much going on because even she had to convince her husband that she was pregnant by the Holy Ghost. And Joseph was like, this woman then fell and bumped her head about two, three, four, five times. So now she's dealing with this. She's dealing with alienation in her own house from her husband. She's dealing with alienation from her family. Because if this gets out, they'll stone her to death. There's a whole other side of the story that we don't like to deal with. Now we come to Luke chapter 2. And, and after all of that has taken place, this woman is, 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 is on her way to in her third trimester, and now she has to travel some 80 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem on the back of a donkey over rocks and, 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 and rough terrain. And, and I, I can imagine that poor Jesus was probably in there getting seasick. He was probably in there like, I need y'all to go ahead and get to Bethlehem because there's a whole lot of shaking and moving going on. 
down in here. And I, I can't come out too early. I got to, because, you know, the prophet said I'm supposed to be in Bethlehem. So I need y'all to go ahead on and get there. And, and, and I imagine over this journey, which probably took them a few days, and it probably took them a little bit of money, I imagine that Joseph, even in his own mind, was like, man, what are we going to do? Because, because here, here's the key. Here's the key. When we look at verses 6 and 7, we find what really happened when they got to Bethlehem. But it happened, watch this, it began to manifest before they even got there. I imagine that Joseph was probably saying to himself, I hope there's room for us when we get there. Because by now, you know how y'all like to talk. By now, word has already gotten to Bethlehem that Joseph is coming with this woman that's pregnant by this other man. I knew y'all won't go say amen. Because many of us would have treated Mary and Joseph the same way. I've been in church my entire 37 years, so I, I know, I know, I know how we do. I imagine Joseph, when he got, when he got the, on his way to Bethlehem, he was trying to probably figure out which hotel they could stay in. Because he knew, even though he was going back home, where he should have been welcomed by family, where, where he should have been welcomed, watch this, by kinfolks, where he should have been uh, given open arms to come in, there was a stigma surrounding him. Here you come, the audacity to show up with this woman. Pregnant by somebody that ain't named Joseph. And this is just what Joseph is dealing with. This is just what Joseph is dealing with. Never mind with Mary. Because she's the one who's got to see their faces. She's the one, watch this, who's going to be left over here while Joseph's family pulls him over here. And they're talking about her right there while she's able to witness it. This is the other side of the story. So they get to Bethlehem. I, was, I believe I told you this last year this time. I was watching a movie. And in the movie, it showed that very scene. It showed where, Jesus, where Joseph knocked on the door of one of his relatives. And they were excited to see him. But then they saw Mary. And they said, Joseph, you can stay. But that woman... You don't want nothing to do with her. She ain't living right. Y'all know how we treat people that don't sin the way we sin. Come on, somebody. I got a smoking problem, but because you drink and you sin differently than me, I can't hang out with you. Whole time I got a whole issue myself and ain't got no room to be judging what you're doing because the same God that should be working on you, I need him working on me too. But y'all know how we like to do Joseph, you're more than welcome to stay, but that woman got to go somewhere else. This is the other side of the story. So Joseph, being the fairly good man that he was, he's like, well, if I can't, if she can't stay, we'll, we'll just find somewhere else to go. Amen. Just so you know, Holiday Inn is full, Doc. Them, them rooms was booked up months ago. Soon, soon as the decree went out, man, the rooms at the Holiday Inn was taken. Howard Johnson was shut down. Hilton, they raised their prices and still sold out. 
So where you going to go? You can't go over there with Uncle Junebug. He going to tell you the same thing I just told you. He might let you in, but that woman, you know, we don't do, we don't do that around here. You can go down there to Aunt Mary's house, but you already know how Aunt Mary is. She going to cuss you out when you get there. You try to show it with that woman. Now, I, I don't know what's going on over there at John John's, but by the time, I mean, y'all getting here kind of late, so by the time you get to John John's, he ain't going to have no room for you either. So what you going to do? And I believe Joseph said, well, the Lord will make away. Verse 6, so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished. So now here she is in this third trimester in what we would call the ninth month, and she's time to give birth to this Jesus. She brought forth her firstborn son. Here, here's where I'm going to spend the next five minutes, and then we can go and go eat. She brought forth her firstborn son, which immediately tells us that Jesus had brothers and sisters. Wrap your mind around that if you have any issues. And wrapped him, Jesus, the firstborn son, in swaddling clothes. Now, one of the Greek translations of swaddling comes from the word which means torn. In other words, Mary literally had to find strips of cloth to wrap her baby in. I'm talking about humble beginnings. She had to find strips of cloth to wrap her baby in. And then after he was born, she laid him not in a crib, not in a bassinet, but in a manger. What is a manger? Thank you. That's a great question. Glad you asked. Manger is a feeding trough. And this is where we get the idea, because it really doesn't say it here, but this is where we get the idea that he may have been born in a barn or in a stable. That's where we, we get the idea from, because there was a manger, a feeding trough. And out of this feeding trough, there may have been horses or pigs or donkeys that ate from this feeding trough. Now, you got to understand that, even in and of itself, was part of the lowest places that the Savior of the world could have been because, you know, the Jews didn't really deal with pork. They didn't really deal with swine. So, so Jesus, literally from his birth, strips of clothes had to be found for him. And then the only place for him to lay his head was a feeding trough. Now, here's why we got here. We got here because there was no room for Jesus. In the end, this is the other side of the story, and I told you my subtopic for today was no room for Jesus. Jesus got to the place that he was because man didn't make room for him. And the issue that I want to deal with for the next 30 seconds is how we can be just like they were. We can be just like that because we don't make room for Jesus. 
We say that he's our shepherd, but we deny being a sheep. And in that, we don't make room for Jesus. We don't make room for Jesus because, watch this, we can be everywhere that we want to be during the week in the midst of a pandemic, but we'll shut the church down and say that we can't go there. We'll go to Walmart. We'll go to Food Line. We'll go to Kroger. We'll go to the bank. We'll go to their house. We'll go to her house, and we'll go to his house. But when it comes time to come to the church, we want to shut everything down and get online because, watch this, we really don't want room for Jesus. I came to kill a demon today. We, 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 we like to talk about how he's our Lord and he's our Savior, but if he tells me to do something that I'm uncomfortable with, I walk away and I, I act like I don't hear him. Why? Because I don't really want to make room for Jesus. I say, I say, Lord, I need, I want you to be my Savior. Watch this. But I don't really want to give up the cigarette. I don't really want to put the bottle down. Let me help somebody. I don't really want to put the porn down. Come on, somebody. I really don't want to stop gambling. I, I really don't want to stop visiting roses. Can I talk to somebody? I really don't want to stop sending all my tithe and offering to Virginia Lottery. We really don't want to make room for Jesus. But here's the good news about Jesus. Even when we don't make room for us, he's still going to show up. Jesus didn't need there to be room in the end. Jesus didn't need there to be room at somebody's house. He was still going to come. And I came to encourage you this morning that even if you don't make room for him, what I love about him is he loves us so much that he'll still show up and say, here am I. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hears my voice and open, I will come in unto him. You ain't got to make room for me, but I'm still going to come. But here's my, here, now let me flip that around for you. What will happen if you make room for him? Okay, 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 okay. Because if he's still going to show up and I haven't made room for him, what will happen when I do make room for him? If he still wakes me up early in the morning when I haven't made room for him, what more will he do when I say, come on in here and run my life? When, when, when I don't want to him to deal with me in my negative, ungodly, and unholy addictions, what more will he do for me when I say, Jesus, I need you to come and take this thing away from me. In fact, I give it over to you right now. I'm tired of dealing with this issue. I'm tired of struggling with this sin. I'm tired of being bound by this thing that I know is keeping me from getting closer to you. What more will he do for us, watch this, if we make room for him? See, here's our problem. We make room for everything and everyone. You don't believe me? Look back a couple weeks ago. Some of y'all had Thanksgiving with somebody you really didn't want to be with. But you made room. Some of y'all spent time with family members that owe you money but you made room. Some of y'all were with folks and will be with folks in a couple more weeks on Christmas with people that you ain't talked to in about three, four years. And the only reason you still spend time with them is because mom and daddy is gone, but you know mom and daddy will want y'all together. But you made room for them. But we don't make the room that we need to make for Jesus. Because here's the reality of it. The reality is we are often afraid to make room for Jesus because we know if I make room for Jesus, I really can't be who I want to be. 
if I make room for Jesus, I can't be who I want to be. I got to be who he wants me to be. And the reality is sometimes I want to cuss you out. Okay. 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 I, I know y'all don't cuss no more. I, I'm, 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 I'm almost there. I'm almost there. But every once in a while, life happens and something slips out. Y'all know I'm going to be real with you. Every, every once in a while. So every once in a while, I forget who I am today and remember who I was last year, and I slip back. But I'm glad, hallelujah, that he has brought me from a mighty, mighty long way. In fact, before I answered this call to preach this gospel, I said, Lord, you're going to have to go with me because you know I'm going to tell him. And he knew exactly who he was calling, and he knew exactly how messed up I was, and he knew exactly how crazy I was. But watch this. I made room for him, and so he was able to take me from the place that I was to the place that he needed to, me to be so that in 2019, a church in Powhatan would extend an invitation to this crazy young preacher from Middlesex to come and share in February, and then they'd call him back in March, and in 2021, on April the 3rd, on a Saturday morning, they would vote and say, we want you to hang out a little while. But that was all because I made room for Jesus, and he was able to take me from the place that I was to the place that he needed me to be. Can I tell somebody, will you make room for him this morning? Will you make room for him this morning? Because I promise you one thing. If you make room for him, he'll heal your sick body. If you make room for him, he'll deliver your soul from the gates of hell. If you make room for him, that addiction that you've been stuck with for the last 30 years, he will dry it up in the midst of, in, in the twinkling of an eye. If you make room for him, watch this. He'll be a friend when you feel friendless. If you make room for him, he'll be your joy in sorrow. If you make room for him, he'll be your hope for tomorrow. If you make room for him. He'll open up doors that no man can close and close doors that no man can open up. If you make room for him, he'll be your rock in a weary land. If you make room for him, he'll be bread when you're hungry and you don't know where the next meal is coming from. And he'll be water when you're thirsty. If you make room for him, he'll pay your bills with somebody else's money because the reality is you ain't got it. If you make room for him, he'll show up in a hospital room and he'll say they can take you off life support but I am your life support there was no room for him and he still showed up and after he showed up, people had the choice of saying, well, you're here now. Come on in. What more will he do if we make room for him? I'm finished. Uh, I want to, I want to, I, I got to tell you this because yesterday was day 10. Yesterday was day 10 of this thing called life support. And yesterday, we went into room 4410, and we made sure that there was room for Jesus. Watch this. 
we didn't know what was going to happen. It, and, and I had already made up in my mind that I, it, it, was, it was the expectation of something going wrong. And I looked at my watch. Remember, they took him off at 3 o'clock. I looked at my watch. It was 3.30. He's still here. Looked at my watch. It was 4 o'clock. He's still here. It was 7 o'clock. He's yet holding on. It's 9 o'clock. They're getting ready to move into a different room. Okay, some of y'all just missed what I said. They weren't moving him to the morgue. Some of y'all still didn't catch that. They, they, we were not making funeral arrangements yesterday. Come on, somebody. The phone calls we were making and the text messages we were sending were, he's yet holding on. I got to believe that even on this morning, now, I, I did the reading. I did the research. They, they say after being removed, people can live for hours, months, days, however long. But I'm also smart enough to know that the breath in his body is the same breath that was breathed into a clump of dust back in Genesis chapter 1. And I say that to say this, God, if you make room for Jesus, it really doesn't matter what your situation is. He is always greater and bigger than your situation. Life support. Because we know he's still on life support. It's a divine life support. Can I, can I help somebody? Can I help somebody? Can I help somebody? Watch this. I'm finished. Y'all can stay. Some of y'all have been on divine life support. Because you've been trying to figure out from one day to the next how you're going to make it because you're on divine life support. Lord, how these bills going to get paid? Lights ain't been turned off yet. You ain't got not a dime to your name. But the car's still in the driveway. Every time you open up the door, ain't no foreclosure notice there. Every time you flip the light switch, the lights come on. Don't know how the bill's getting paid. Why? Because you on divine life support. This is what happens when we make room for Jesus. Because again, the other this, this is the other side of the story. We haven't always made room for him. We haven't always made from. I, I, I like, I like, I like getting on people's nerves this time of year. <laughs> Y'all pray that the Lord would deliver me. I reckon He will one day. <laughs> I like, I like getting on y'all's nerves this time of year because, because you know, we have a tendency of just taking whatever somebody said and running with it and not really, not really, you know, learning anything about it. But this is the time of the year. Watch this. I ask people all the time, if Christmas is really Jesus' birthday, and if Christmas is really all about Jesus, what did you get him for his birthday? I'm 
I'ma just look at that speaker right now. <laughs> I don't want anybody to say I was making eye contact with them. <laughs> if it's really about Jesus, what gift have we gotten him for his? Because watch this. You're going to be mad if you don't get what you want. You're going to be mad if mom and daddy don't get you what you asked for. You're going to be mad if them grown children that asked you what you wanted, you told them what they wanted, and they showed up with something completely different. Oh, Bible study is going to be fun this month, y'all. Y'all going to be sick of me this month. I know I shouldn't say that because most of y'all don't want to come Bible study no way, but <laughs> to the to the faithful few, we're gonna have a good we gonna have a good time. We're gonna have a good time this month. We we're gonna learn. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna learn what this thing is really all about. But let me ask that question. If 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 this is all about him, what are we giving him for what we say is his birthday? If you can't find anything to give them, how about praise? Amen. How about a thank you? Amen. How about a Lord, I love you? Amen. How about a Lord, you've been good to me? Amen. Because the Bible says, let everything that has breath. Now, here's what we got to understand about that. It said everything, not every one. Which means that outside of humanity, that's why the same Bible says if we don't praise him, trees wave their leaves and give God glory. Birds sing their song and give God glory. And here we are, the image and likeness of God, and if we don't feel good, But here's how you know how good God is. God is so good that he lets you know that you don't feel good. And so even in the moment that you don't feel good, you should still give him a praise that you're in your right mind enough to know that you don't feel good. All right. I didn't pick on y'all enough. I don't want, want y'all to leave. I don't want y'all to leave without eating. Make room for Jesus. And, 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 and this is an everyday kind of thing. This ain't a holiday thing. This isn't a specific time of the Make room for Jesus every day. Because, watch this, I don't know what I'm going to face this afternoon. But if I make room for Jesus, I know I won't have to face it alone. If he blesses me to see tomorrow, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. But if I make room for him, whatever comes my way tomorrow, I know I'm all right because I'll be in his hands. He shows up when we don't make room. What more will he do when we do make room? That's the other side of his story. We thank him that he came. But since he's here, let's make room for him. A call. A call. A call for you to make room 
for Jesus. How do you do that? You say, Lord, I want you to be my savior. I want you to be my shepherd. I'll be your sheep. You've been standing at the door of my heart knocking, and I, I've heard you. I've just been dealing with some stuff. I wouldn't, I wasn't ready to let you in. Watch this. I've been trying to get myself straight. You can't do it. You can't do it. Because even after you let him in, you're going to mess up. Ask me how I know. I ain't talking about y'all perfect people. I'm talking about people like me that, that forget to cross a T every once in a while, forget to dot an I every once in a while. You know. That call is the most important call that you'll ever receive. If you're in the room and you want to answer that call, will you just lift your hands? If you're watching online, if you want to answer that call, that call to give your life to Jesus, in the comment section, just say, it's me. We want to make sure that when we all get to heaven, the reason it'll be a day of rejoicing is because we'll be with everybody that we know and love. Millions ain't going to make it. And not only do I want to be one of the ones who do, but I want you to be one of the ones who makes it. Seeing no hands in the room, will you give God praise that your neighbor is supposed to be saved? Father, let's pray. Thank you because you've been so good to us, so kind to us, so gracious, giving us what we don't deserve, so merciful, keeping us from the chastisement that we did deserve. Thank you. Thank you because you saw fit to wake us up this morning, this 11th day of uh, December. Thank you for keeping us last night, not knowing what was going on outside the house or in our community, but you kept us. Thank you for bringing us to this house of worship on this morning that we might spend time not just with each other, God, but with you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for thinking enough of us to give us sight in our eyes, hearing in our ears, smell in our nose, the sound and the taste on our tongue, the ability and the articulation of our limbs, Lord God. Though some of us walk with canes, God, you're still able to let us walk, and we say thank you. Thank you for reminding us that you loved us enough to leave your throne, wrap yourself up in this human flesh, to be born of a virgin named Mary, living a perfect life for 33 years only to die and give that same life so that my messed up self could have a right to the tree of life. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, because several of us have so many things going on in our lives. Things that we have shared and things that we haven't shared. But you've been keeping us. Thank you for it. Some of us in this season are, are dealing with the loss of loved ones where some of us are celebrating these holidays for the first time without people that were close to us. Give them peace, oh God. 
Give them comfort in the name of Jesus. Some of us are, are dealing with family and friends that may be incarcerated, oh God, that, that, that may be uh, in hospital beds, that may be in nursing homes, oh God, and, 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 and we may not be able to spend time with them the way we would want to, God, but you're still keeping us. And you're still keeping them. So we say thank you. Thank you for giving us the mind to make room for you. And so for those who are willing, lift up your voice and say, Lord, I'm making room for you. Now see, that ain't for everybody. That ain't for everybody. That ain't for everybody. That ain't for everybody. So if you don't mean it, don't say it. And, 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 let me, and let me help those that will say it. What that means is there's going to be some stretching. There's going to be some pulling. There's going to be some contorting of your spirit, man, because in order for us to make room for him, because he's bigger than us, he's got to pull on us, and he's got to stretch us out, and he's got to enlarge our capacity. So if you are willing to carry a cross for him, will you lift up your voice and say, Lord, I'm making room for you. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Hmm. And Lord, as we make room for you, give us the strength to run on. Give us the endurance to survive the trials and the tribulations that are going to come because of that confession. Give us the willpower, oh God, that even in the face of hardship, we look to you, not at our situation. That we can speak to the mountain and by faith it shall be removed and cast into the sea. Give us, oh God, the courage to look Satan right in the face and say, it is written. Get thee behind me in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this time of fellowship. We thank you that even as we transist from this service to the next service, fellowship and food and dining with one another, oh God, that you will continue to bless this gathering, that your spirit will move all over this building, that somebody will get a hug that helps them to hold on a little longer, that somebody will get a smile that helps them hold on a little longer, that somebody, before they leave this building, will get an encouraging word from a brother or sister that will help them to uh, hold on just a little while longer. We thank you for the food that we're going to receive. Bless it to be of good nourishment to our bodies. We thank you for all of those that helped prepare the food. For how they thought it not robbery to be servants unto your people on today. We thank you for their willingness to serve. I thank you now, O oh God, for everyone under the sound of my voice, that they shall receive a fresh wind of your anointing. That even as we leave this 2022 and, and go into the 2023, that you will strengthen us with power to do all that you will have us to accomplish next year. In Jesus' name. Now unto him who's able. Able to do what? Keep us from falling. And present us faultless before the throne of grace with what? Exceeding joy. To the only wise, God our Savior, be what? Glory, majesty, dominion, and power.